listening to The Smoking Section, powered by Symphonic. And here we are for another episode. I'm here with two members of, I think, one of the, how do I say, emerging groups of country music. Uh, they've been around for a while, so I don't even know if emerging is even really, you know, the word, but they're just starting to get their footing, and I fucking love every minute of watching this happen. Uh, so we have here Josh, and we have here Matt of Parmalee. How are you guys doing? Doing great, doing man. Great. Thanks for having us. Uh, no problem. Yeah. Normally, like I said, normally before uh, we are in a, in a cigar shop having a stogie, wow. drinking some whiskeys or some tequilas, whatever you like to drink, some vodkas. But it is 11 o'clock in the morning. We're not going to do that. Even I am drinking a Bloody Mary. <laughs> don't uh-huh. judge me, people. Do not judge me. It's okay. I yeah. don't have a problem. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so what's been going on? How you guys been? <laughs> you guys are killing the game right now. Man, we've been... Um... It, you know, we've just been kind of chilling after the holidays. We're getting revamped for the whole new uh, show and all that stuff. So we kind of we're doing a few shows here and there, uh, radio shows, and uh, doing a lot of songwriting and just a lot of prep work and things to get ready to really just kind of kick off here here really soon in the next few weeks. So it's been like in preparation, figuring out what songs to put in the new set and all that kind of stuff, and trying some things out. So it's been just uh, just kind of like prep time for us. How, how do y'all decide what song is put in the new set? It's uh, <laughs> the hardest thing in the world. A piece, of, <laughs> piece of paper right here, and I, you know, I think you know, as, a, as an artist, you you always want to play your new songs, right? And you know, that's the biggest. You can't do that. You you can't because everybody don't know them. So you have to always leave your. You know, you just put your hits down. Your your biggest songs on whatever platform, and then you just work your way around them, and you try not to leave any dead space. And you try not to put if there's one slow song, if you even get one one slow song, the whole the whole you know, show. Which is so, crazy because I think I think the slow songs are like one of the one of the best parts of the shows because uh, especially for vocalists, you're able to show off your vocals. Yeah, and, and you know, and 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 the emotion of the entire song, you know what I mean? Um, so I feel like I feel like the slow songs are, and it's more intimate. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think you just have to we've been doing this a long time. You try to make a moment around that. And you always want to have these moments. Every three songs, you have a moment or two songs. You have a moment that you can get the crowd to feed off of. So, um, you know, you play songs and you watch people go to the bathroom. You're like, Oh, you know what? I, I need to move that song around. So. <laughs> you watch people go to the bathroom. Are you keeping the Lizzo in yeah. there? Well, you know, we only got to play. We've only played so many shows last year. So this, we still have Millions of people to see the new set, so we, you know, right. So there is, so there is, there isn't much of a, there isn't much of it. Like you're not going to be much of a difference. Like not that much of a harder work or harder goal because you because of pandemic. Pandemic has kind of helped helped artists in a way of keeping the same show going for a little while, not doing that much work. Um, yeah. So it's kind of helped that way. Uh, so here's my question for you guys: um, Guys, released a new album for you. Was there any like battle royals, royal rumbles matches on like songs can put on this album between you guys were just like, you know, I really like I'm I'm curious. I've asked Old Dominion this and I'm really curious on how groups, different groups 
pick their songs for an album because you get you get in a room you have a lot of I don't want to say egos but there's a lot of egos um, in the room um, and and everyone wants what's best for the group so how does it come down to where are you picking the final picks for a set list final picks for you know the albums and things like that with you guys putting pen to paper <laughs> you know right Josh we all yeah. we make a list everybody's like okay here's the songs everybody we'll, goes we'll and group them together with, if we got a bunch of songs that are the similar song we pick the best one like that and then try to just weed through them like that a lot of listening so is that a lot of is that a lot of tequila listening to always <laughs> start sounding a whole lot better start too. sounding a whole lot better <laughs> trust me it's a lot better oh this uh, is Grammy nominated <laughs> smoke a little bit it really sounds good <laughs> <laughs> That's when you start doing like, all right. <laughs> this is sad. this is sounding really good. We're on to something it. here. Oh, it sounds so good, man. They'll call you sometimes, man. I'm listening to this, and like, all right, man. Let's just recheck in tomorrow when everybody's clear brain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not too clouded up there, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so what's been what's been the what's been the most meaningful song that you guys released for each of you guys? Well, I mean, for the past year it didn't have to be just the way. I mean, it's it's done so much and, and kind of changed our lives again. So that I'd say that's the most meaningful one to date. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I was in Carolina when we first got started because that was, you know, that really was the one that we were, when we were able to give our parents a number one plaque in front of the 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 real music industry, not the industry that we've been in the, around in the clubs. Right, and kind of, right. They were able to come to BMI and get presented a plaque. It was like, okay, mom, y'all were y'all were cool with supporting us. All your friends can, you know. You can give them the middle finger if you want to, because they thought you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was their their you know validation, really. So that was really cool. And and with this one too. So. Let's let's go back. You talk to you talk to your you talk about your parents and uh, your, your parents supported you guys. Your and you you man, I know you were in a group with your brother and your dad um, before he retired. So it, my, how influential has he has your parents? And family still been for you when you guys are creating music or like has that been your motivation is that your inspiration for you know some of these lyrics that may come up in the song in, in recording sessions it's all it's always a, a huge influence because of how we were raised and the, and the people you know the, the music we were exposed to the songs we heard growing up um i just went to, <laughs> i just found an old notebook in my closet i was going through some trying to find some old pictures and i found an old notebook from my high school band and I was looking at the songs and I, I hand wrote the lyrics out because I was learning my cover songs. I was, and I was going through some of these songs and I was like, okay, wow, these are some, these are some really old songs, but this is what my dad was listening to and the songs that he kind of exposed us to. So all that stuff is still there. Josh, you, I mean, you, Yes, same story. Grew up playing with my dad, and uh, everything you know about music, you, you've learned from your dad. And I thought everybody was like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my my was my I was I learned from my uncle. I learned from my, my mom. You know, I I was raised in the R and B stuff, and and 
and the gospel and you know um i didn't hear country music until i was like 15 years old so it's like what the hell man what the hell is country music what the- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, i was the same my dad was like uh it was a lot of R&B from where I'm from and right. soul music. Yeah. I didn't really listen to country music. And then my dad started playing Travis Tritt. And I was like, Dude, this guy's, this kind of sounds cool. It's that Southern soul kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's yeah. really how I got introduced to it. My was live like you were dying. Yeah. And yeah. then like when I heard that, it was like, Oh, this is a really good fucking song. And then I didn't realize like, it's one of those songs like, you know, you don't realize the meaning of the song until later on in life. You're like, ah, uh, that's what it was. You call it the Fu Manchu song, right? Yeah, exactly. Ray <laughs> Wiseman coming in for the win right there. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, this issue, like, I've met Craig. I've met, uh, I've interviewed Tim Nichols. So it's like those guys writing this, like it's a whole, it's been a full, a full circle. Um, what have you guys, so have you guys had a full circle moment in this industry where you're like, oh, shit. I remember when, you know, Josh, you remember anything? I mean, it's, it's hard. There's been so many mind blowing instances since we've come to Nashville. It's hard to pinpoint one. Uh, <laughs> I, one that just strikes my mind. Like we, we got to meet Charlie Daniels on the red carpet, found out he was from North Carolina. We met Kenny Rogers at a, at a, at a, at a radio thing. Um, you know, just and those guys being passed on now, I was like, wow, so glad we got a chance to, to you know, see those right. iconic guys. And then and then just opening up for Chesney or Keith Urban or something like that or seeing somebody in passing that you, you know, aspire to, to be like. It's just been – it's hard to – it's so many different things happen and you're sitting in the room writing somebody you're a fan of. Or, I mean, it's just – Oh, you know, uh, I'd say the biggest one had to be the time when uh, Dirk Bentley came up behind me in the bathroom and tapped me on the back because he thought I was Gary Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> uh, that is going on a promo reel for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Josh, in Vegas, at the ACMs. At the ACMs. <laughs> Hey, we all started looking like in Vegas. Come on now. He thought you were Gary Allen. Oh, yeah, man. He said the urinal. Back to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, greatest night of my life. Uh, you should have started singing Man to Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You should have did. Uh, that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> Wow, that's definitely a promo reel for sure. Uh, yeah. um, so what's uh, what's as a group? What's because you guys are you guys are family. You guys, you know, you you've you've been each other's you know backbones for, for all these years. Amazing in these years. Um, what's been the hardest thing you guys have gone through together and have and had to overcome together? Um. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, obviously, when Scott got shot, that whole thing was horrible. Um, you know, as a one one instance, uh, you know, I don't know if your listeners know about that story, but they can read about it. We were some guys tried to rob us one night after a little club show and uh, broken our, well, came in our RV, won cash, and ended up getting in a gunfight with Scott on the RV, and he he was shot three times and had a five percent chance of living, almost died. 
but he did take care of both the guys. He, one of them's in prison and the other one's gone. So he defending, you know, right. Defending me, I was in there with him, um, long, you know, just crazy, crazy, crazy story. And, um, but you know, that was, that was, <laughs> hell, that was one thing. I think, you know, being in a band together for as long as we have been, you know, just sticking together has been the ultimate, like the hardest thing to overcome or just, you know, getting to Nashville and having some success and keep on keeping, you know, spirits up to keep grinding. And, and uh, I don't know, we're, we're in the process of writing a book right now. So um, about, you know, just all the stuff we've been through that nobody ever knows about from the time we grew up to just a little, almost, almost having something happen and then the bottom pulling out from you, you know, just in, and just, have you guys thought about a title for the book? Yeah, we, we have it. We have it actually. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. Are you, if are, I, you allow, are you allowed to tell me the title? Well, I talked about it, but I'll, I'll text it to you. Okay. Um, I'll, yeah. Okay. I don't want to say it right now. Yeah. Um, I don't want somebody else to take it. And then they try to write this thing. Oh uh, yeah. Um, no. yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're, we just started it and, um, I just wrote out the, the big moments and, and, uh, it's, it's, it's more going to be, of, of hopefully it's something to inspire people to, you know, push through and, and try right. to keep, uh, you know, over, you know, overcome your adversity and perseverity and that kind of stuff. A little, little inspirational kind of thing. Cause you know, it's obviously after, you know, you, you've been in a band with your, your best friends for, you know, <laughs> what, eight, eight years or something. And then your drummer gets shot at, at, after a club and he's almost dies and you still don't have a record deal. You're broke as, as anything and you don't have anything. You, you know. So, so, okay. So now what kept you guys going after that? Cause you, cause at that point, you know, you, at this point, something, something I know there's a lot of people that aren't artists and something happens to them like that then they're like, fuck it. I'm giving up. Like, this is not worth my life. This, you know, so what kept you guys going from that point forward? Well, just in that particular instance, we, before I answer this question, we always tried to find the one positive thing mm -hmm. in anything. Somebody was, you know, if, a, if an A&R guy would come to the show, we would, you know, be all about this. This guy's coming. Let's look at that. If he tell us no, then we would say, well, what would you do with us? And he would, we would follow that advice. Something positive, always keep it going. So we actually had a production deal in the works in Nashville after a right when Scott got shot, we were working on getting back out to Nashville. We started working with new voice. Mm -hmm. It was Jason Aldean's band and our current manager, David Fanning on producing. We had recorded Carolina and must've had a good time and we had it. We were going to go shop deals. Right. That's what we had in our pocket that we had never had before. So that was our big inspiration to get back out. Nashville was our, our inspiration. We had to get back to Nashville. We had to get that record deal. Scott, you're going to get better. Let's get you out of this damn hospital. We're going to do two times uh, physical therapy. We're going to stay on guard all day because there's other guys were in the hospital. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, just a constant 40 days of hell, but we had to get to Nashville and that was the focus and we had to go get that record deal. And we did it, you know, we did it. Uh, he got shot September, 2010. And, uh, we came back in February, 2011 and did a showcase for Benny Brown and broken bow and sealed the deal. So ain't that some shit. That's, that's, yeah. ain't that some shit. And that's not, <laughs> if that ain't inspiration, I don't know what the hell is, Yeah, you know, to keep going the motivation to keep going. Cause you know, you get, you get, you get discouraged, especially in this industry, you get discouraged by even a little thing. So even, <clears throat> 
excuse me, for things that are outside in real life, you know, not saying the industry is in real life, but, you know, with shit that is like real life circumstances that you think that it's just, mute, you know, movie style shit. It's like, what the hell, you know, and to keep going, I, I, I have, uh, I am literally in awe of the perseverance and show that you guys have with that. Well, wait, when you, when you read the book and you hear the story of even while we were, how all that happened up the, up to the point of even coming out here to get a production deal, it'll blow your mind. Just, just the things that happened to, to, I don't know. It's crazy that all the things that took place and, and what, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting that down on paper and having everybody just kind of read like, yeah. It's funny too, folks. Like Matt's saying, we're just now in the beginning stages of writing this book. We have done so much and been so busy that as we're going back and telling these stories, there's so many of them I've forgotten about just because we've stayed so busy trying to do this. Yeah, no, no and, and that's kind of how it is with life because I jokingly say about how people, people, people ask me, oh, how many people have you interviewed or who have you interviewed on your podcast? And, I, and I'll go back and be like, I have no idea who the hell it like. I couldn't tell you. I just sit and legitimately think about, I wouldn't say who I have to interview, but what, what was said at interviews. And I've had people come up to me and say, Oh, you did this. I'm like, I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember that at all, but okay. It happens a lot. Like I don't remember, I don't remember that at all. But okay, and so like, but it'll, it'll make me go back and re-listen to things. Just, you know, when you, when you edit or when you do things, you like you do things and and process emotions. You're like, you go you go through the motions, you get over with. But then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, all right, I'm done with that. Next thing, on to the next thing. And I think that's kind of how life is when you're, especially when you're working towards your goals and things. It's like, okay, we accomplished this one thing. Let's just move forward to the next thing and just keep going until we get to where we really want to go. You forget the small steps when you're when you're getting when you're wanting the big steps. You forget the small steps you take and stride. Yeah, well, a lot of that stuff you you don't want to you, you block out, but you don't want to remember, especially when you're struggling and you're having. I mean, I still have nightmares, or <laughs> sometimes we go back and drive some of those old roads that we did, and mm-hmm. you like flashing back, and like, oh man, remember when we're driving back home on a Sunday after playing two shows, you know, a couple few hours away, and just driving into town, going, what in the hell are we going to do? Uh, we made, you know, a couple hundred bucks this weekend, but nobody gets paid anything because that's the band gets all that. Like, what's the next move? Right. We have a song. Who are we going to, you know, and you just, in that, you're just in despair all the time and you're just trying to find one ray of hope to kind of work towards. And I think that's the only thing you can do sometimes. It's like, okay, let's go after this. This seems like a positive, you know, thing that may, can make a difference. Did you, did you guys yeah. have to go through, um, did you guys go through therapy you know, after all that happened? Or was it, you know, this was the natural therapy that I call, you know, being functioning alcoholics as we always are, you know? Oh yeah. Well that's, you know, <laughs> no, I'll tell you a funny story. This is one that's got to go in the book. And, and I, you know, I, we saw a therapist and the first time my brother and I went in, um, they said, you guys need to go see therapists. And then we talked to the guy and he was, it was really, really cool. And he was, he was like, you know, just told us some things like, you know, you guys are going to be, you know, you're used to your world was just this. You let everybody in, everybody come on in. We were like that part. Come on. You know, we love everybody. And then, you know, he's like, you're going to get shut off in your mind because you got to close that circle because of what happened to you. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, he said, yeah, he said, and I got to be honest. He's like, I I just came out of the closet. Me and Scott were like, Oh, okay. Where's this going? (laughs) He said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a closet bass player myself. (laughs) 
Oh my god! But I, you know, it was a great session. I, you know, I was like, "That's cool." He, you know, I, I think anybody playing music wants to relate to somebody else playing music. So that was his. Uh, you know, he was that's funny. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> have you, have you, have you tried? <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. So, and you guys did therapy together, like you know, because I know you know you go through. Like I've heard through rock bands had to go through marriage counseling. To, to get, you know, to get over egos and get over, make decisions like that. But like, how do you guys settle disputes as far as, you know, I don't want to do that or I don't want, <laughs> I don't want that song on there. Like, how do you guys settle disputes? Josh, Josh being the only guy that's not family, I guess he can answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily there's not a lot. Um, and I mean, to be honest, we all like the same stuff. It's it's pretty easy to make decisions because we all want to do the same things. Right. Usually. Or we just get drunk and scream at each other. There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all do. So Josh's family. Josh. Yeah. Oh. oh, it gets brutal. I think that's when everybody, when you see everybody walk in, they're like, I'm leaving. <laughs> but we have to every once in a while, I think, get that out because we, um, you know, They've been around each other so long. And I will say COVID kind of helped out because we got a break from each other. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And, and the other other uh, spectrum of that is that we've all four been um, equally involved in this thing since day one, meaning that we stayed broke m- most of our lives together. Right. Nobody re- we all kind of did this thing together. We, we, we were all struggling for a long time going and we all did the same stuff. We all put in the same hours. We all did it, this stuff together. So, you know, what, like we got, you know, as soon as we started the band, things blew up and then egos started happening. All like we, mm-hmm. we were in the trenches together for a long time before we you know, made a, made a salary. Okay. I know you, I know you guys were always together on the road and on the tour. So how often do you guys still write together? Mostly on the road. When we're on the road, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I took the bus out this weekend. We're all just back and forth writing and that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so I've talked to you about this, Matt, in person um, multiple times. Um, we had a friend who passed away earlier this year. Well, we're in 2022 now. 2021. Uh, Jim Femino. AKA for those of you who don't know, his name was uncle sexy. He has written some hits. He is a badass. He was a badass writer. Um, I've asked you this before and I'm going to ask you this again because it was, I, I just watched a video and I think I reposted a video actually of him and my friend Shannon performing the song me and you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any chance in the next album, next two albums, next 10 years, you know, of that being put on the song? And who would you do it with? Um, yeah, dude, dude, I would actually, you know, right after he uh, passed, I was had, I had a, you know, a night here where I was just kind of jamming some old songs we've written together and that song kind of revisiting and stuff. I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd have to. I think a girl would be perfect on that. So it's just a, a matter of, of finding finding the, the right nude vibe on it and like, uh, you know, finding the right girl. But I think the lyrics are like great, man. You can't, you can't really you say can't, anything. Yeah. Can't, yeah. Mm, that song, we were, that was the first song 
I wrote one of the first songs I wrote when I moved to town. I just moved here and met Femino. He had, he was doing a uh, songwriter round with Crystal and that crowd up there, and he had uh, you know he he was playing his kind of thing, and he played uh, just got started loving you, and I was like, oh shit, that's the guy that wrote that song. I was like, I need to meet him, and then I played a song that he, we had, and he said the same thing about me. So we hit it off, you know, had some, had some great times. What a, I mean, just a, that dude, the last time I saw him, man, he, he, he brought by a bottle of champagne at my house. And uh, he, he said, man, I just want to congratulate y'all on, on the success, just the way he went number one on the highway or something. And he was like, man, I just want to come by have a bottle, share a bottle with y'all and say congratulations. And that's just the kind of guy he was. Man. He, so, was he was the uh, first person in this town that I had cigars with in this town. Cause he, he basically came around in his truck all the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't smoked a cigar since I had moved from, from Philadelphia. So, uh, we were, had happened to be, I was working at a radio station here and he was very involved with people there. Cause they were very close friends and he had a stogie and he was just, I'm like, you have another one? And he goes, yeah, in my truck got like 15 of them. Go ahead, get one. <laughs> okay. All right. So now, from now on, so I have, I always have a stogie in my car now because of Femino. Um, That's awesome. Man. One of the coolest dudes, one of the coolest dudes, funniest <laughs> motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. <laughs> you know, to get up there and be, you know, over the age of 50 and be calling yourself Uncle Sexy is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> Oh yeah, we got some funny stories. I can't tell them. <laughs> can't tell all the stories that I have uh, with Jim Femino, but yeah, yeah, maybe Elaney Wilson can be on that song. Yeah, yeah, oh, that'd be cool. Tough on it, yeah. yeah. That would be. Ooh, maybe I should be an A and R. Yes, sir. Maybe I, I should be an A and R. I love it. That's fucking great. So how many how many notes did you guys get before you signed with Benny Brown and BBR back in the day? All of them. <laughs> and rightfully so. We weren't prepared in a lot of ways. We, we were just stumbling around trying to figure out what our sound was. We got shuffled in a couple of different directions by producers that didn't quite understand what we were doing, trying to chase what was happening, but, but also great experiences that whipped us into – being the band we are. Um, but just so many, you know, four or five different times the labels were, you know, oh, we're going to get a deal or somebody's come to the show. And, you know, we just, uh, it just nothing ever panned out, you know, and even hell, even when we got the production deal, you know, we go, go out and do a show and Scott gets shot. I was like, what the hell? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Like damn, two one step, one step, two steps forward, two three steps back. Yeah, and then to get to town, they're like, "Well, getting the record deal is the easy thing. Getting on radio is hard." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like we just, <laughs> we're trying to get a record deal, we could not get one. Like we had, you know, we came to town with Carolina, so that was cool that we had, you know, a song that would eventually be a, a massive hit, you know, already with us, which you know, tr- you know, that helped tremendously help us out. But uh, I mean. You know, still get told no. I mean, it's like you got to work through it, man. You just got to work through it, and 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 I think the main thing was just to take it constructively mm-hmm. instead of being eh, whatever. I mean, just think about you know where we were at with just the way you know we're coming off. We had you know three 
songs in a row. It was great. Everything good. And in a couple of years and you couldn't make anything stick. It won't connect. And then, you know, you could have just said, man, well, screw this, uh, blah, 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 blame on somebody. But I was always just trying to find what was next and try to, you know, lean into what, what was happening and what, what's new in town. I mean, hell, the only reason Blanco's on the album is because we saw him talking to John Loeb and Zach Katz, who were the head of BMG at that point in time. We were talking to Blanco outside of the award show. Hold on, my breaking up. Um, they were talking to Blanco outside the award show at a point in time where we were not uh, a concern on the uh, the label of the new guy. They, you know, we were probably, you know, they, they weren't worried about us, but. Barry was like, man, this guy's talking to the top guys. Who's this guy? I was like, I don't know. Let's go meet him. Hell. And so we just walked up to him. He was talking to him. We're like, hey, man, if you're ever in town, you want to write, hit us up, man. And, and um, about six months later, Blanco texted me. He's like, yo, I'm in Nashville. I was like, come on to the house. And we became friends. And, and then the get up came out about six months after he was here. And it blew up. And, and then, you know, we were – the only reason we really befriended him was because we were curious and we wanted, we were like, we need to know this guy. If he's, if he's right. new guy talking, let's work with him. He's the up and coming guy, you know, uh, instead of being like, screw him, he's talking to them. Right. You know, um, typical stuff. But, and then, you know, Fanning said, why don't you get Blanco on his song? And so, you know, that text was, we'd been friends before all this stuff. So he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, that's, I mean, that's, that's how, that's how collaborations are normally made is, you know, most of them are friends. Some of them, some of them, you don't even get the same studio and you just record, which is right. okay. That happens. So, which I don't, I don't get that, but okay. Um, but. <laughs> well, we did. I mean, with, uh, with Fitz on our, um, uh, greatest hits on our album, we had uh, a feature with Fitz, but you know, COVID was going on. Nobody out especially right. there. Right. Right. Doing anything, so it was really cool to, to, we had the track laid out and it was like, get him on. I was like, I'm a fan. Let's go. And then we became friends after that. So that's really cool. That's crazy. Yeah. I think Kenny, Kenny did that with pink. I think him and pink weren't even in the same studio, even the same town where they recorded. I think the same thing with Keith and pink as well. It's, it's kind of crazy how often that happens. Um, where, you know, it's mainly labels that put people together in a way or publicists or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, we were just songwriter friends, just trying to figure out. That's, yeah, and that's and that's, that's so it's phenomenal that that, that happened, and I'm glad it happened because that's a fucking that was a that was a banger. That was a banger. I'll say it. It's a banger. Uh, so, Josh, Josh, I'm gonna ask you this because I I know I know uh, Matt Matt's not married. Matt's, Matt's not married at all. Um, we'll get some water on that one. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Josh, how how how's the married life, man? How's it how's it hanging? How's it how's everything going over there with with the wife? Hey, oh, it's it's good. It's uh, that is the one thing I could say has been positive about the whole COVID situation mm-hmm. was getting to take a break from the road, mm-hmm. and me and her actually getting to to go and do some stuff on the weekends because I've been gone every weekend for the past you know fifteen years. Right, <laughs> that, 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 and that was my question: is like how how strenuous has it been being on the road and being on tour? Because because how often does she be able to get on the road with you? With you guys, not not often at all. Actually, um, we usually try to, to plan, you know, maybe one vacation mm-hmm. a year. And uh, but no, she's been in this since just as long as we have. We've been together the whole time, so she's she's been in the whole progression of this thing and watched it grow and and put so up with a she, lot. She knew what she was getting into. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> 
she knew what she was getting into. She married you. It's definitely a different uh, lifestyle and a different type of uh, relationship. But no, we're good. That's good. So um, I'm going to wrap this up here soon for you guys, but because uh, I don't want to keep you too much of your time. Um, but um, who, if you had to do a duet with anyone, any band, who would it be? Doja Cat. Really? Yes. I, you know what? I was just, because I was... I'm surprised I was, at that one. <laughs> I, I, look, I just thought about that a minute ago. I was, I was looking at the Hot 100, and, and I was writing down the songs that I like. Uh-huh. I really like, and she's got two of them. And then I started looking at her videos, and I was like, she's changing the game. She's, she's, she's badass. And I was like, you know what? Something like that would be cool. So anyway, just that's mine today. I would just throw that out there. Scott, Josh? <laughs> I, I want to do a full band duet with a whole other band, like the Foo Fighters or something. I think that'd be that cool. That would be cool. It'd be a great to have like a like a versus. Yeah, that would be cool. You know what I mean? Like you guys just going, just going at it nonstop. There's no like, there's 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 no break, no talk between. It's just all right. This song's done. You go right into your next song. You know, I think that would be cool as shit. You and Foo Fighters would be fucking great. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to combine. They're they're so amazing, dude. So amazing. I've I mean, never seen a Foo Fighters live. Have you guys seen a Foo Fighters live? Oh, dude, you got to go, man. I saw them at the uh, Pilgrimage Festival here in uh, out in Franklin, man. Mm. I just saw Dave Matthews band for the first time at the Pilgrimage Festival. Really? Yeah. That yeah. was, that, he was just jamming on it. That, that was, that was an experience. Yeah. That's Those definitely an experience. That's on the drums, man. Always has been. Change, they changed the game back in the day, that sound and stuff. And now yeah. you listen to it, every, all the music now is so like, uh, you know, it's like four chords and everything is so structured and perfect. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and listen to some old Dave Matthews and they're throwing in these chords, these progressions. It's like, wow, it is some interesting stuff, man. And next question is, um, if you if you can open for any artist, who would it be? Dead or alive? Dead or alive? Almond Brothers. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, that just it's, and with Dwayne in it too. I mean, yeah, I, I love Derek too. But I mean, like. That yeah. would be just because I don't want to watch him play. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got, Josh? I'd have to go with one of my favorites, like uh, like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Ooh, yeah. But you, you definitely want to open for him because you wouldn't want to go on after him. You wouldn't want to go after <laughs> yeah. him at all. No, you don't want to go after him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're guitar nerds, man. We grew up guitar nerds, so all the guitar music is like just you know any of it, really. Just, just I love it all, man. I'm, I'm a YouTube fan. Now. I'll start watching. I'll go down the rabbit hole, watch all these performances and players and stuff from even back in the day. It's, it's been fun. Me too. That is crazy. Well, this has been fucking phenomenal. I love you guys to death. You guys so literally, like, I didn't know. I knew about the shooting story, but I wasn't I, in, in detail about it. Um, and the 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 amount of respect that I have for you guys on just pushing after all these years and continue to go and continue to grow. Um, the worst can't express. Worst can't express it. And I, I thank you for taking your time um, out of your busy Wednesday. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Thank you for having us. I can't wait to uh, 
see you in person over a cocktail here sometime soon. We can make that happen. We'll text it out. We we can make that happen. And, uh, We'll have some stogies too, and and and, and Jim Feminos memory. That's right. That'll be good. Man. Yep. All right, it's been another episode of Smoking Section Podcast with the ones, the onlys. I don't know if that's even proper grammar, but I'm going to say it anyway. Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> I love you just the way you got me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're listening to The Smoking Section. Powered by Symphonic.